is entitled um, Living Generously. And, um, and it's so funny because um, for those of you who might have, I totally forgot that there was a microphone here. <laughs> but for those of you who have never spoken before, never did any, any type of public speaking, you know, um, especially preaching and standing before the people of God, there's always a demand on your life to walk through it first. The, the scripture said that the word of the Lord came unto the prophet saying, speak. So he had to receive the word for himself first before he could speak. Amen. So this, this message about generosity, I mean, it, it has really been blessing me um, as I've been reading and studying and digesting it. Um, and the Lord has really been speaking. But I want to start with a brief story. Um, and there was a lady who was going to the airport. She was trying to catch a flight. And she was in a rush and she was in a hurry to catch this flight. So she said, okay, I'm going to run. To, I'm going to get to the airport. She got to the airport. She went to the shop because she likes to read. She said, I'm going to go to the shop. There's a book that I wanted to get. I'm going to go get this book. And then I'm going to get a snack. And then I'm going to wait for my flight. She goes to get her book. She grabs a snack. And she goes to the gate and she has a seat. She sits in the seat. And she opens her book and she begins to read. And as she's reading, she reaches in her bag to grab one of her cookies and she eats it. And out of the corner of her eye, she sees that there's a gentleman sitting next to her that's smiling at her. And he puts his hand in the bag and grabs a cookie as well. So in her mind, she's like, what is this man doing? Grabbing, going in my bag, germs and all kinds of stuff. So she's trying not to make a scene and she, you know, reading her book and she goes in the bag and takes a cookie. And every time she goes in, he goes in right after her and grabs a cookie. And she's like, he got some nerve to be dipping in my bag of cookies. And he has the nerve to be looking at me in my face and smiling. She's like, all right, this is crazy. So they continue this interaction they keep they're going back and forth till there's one cookie left in the bag and she's like all right let me see what he gonna do with this one cookie he generously grabs dips into the bag takes out the cookie breaks it in half and gives her half and he eats the other half she is like he got some nerve before she knew it they called her flight you know, they called her at the gate. They, so she's like, all right, you know what? Let me, I, I can't even deal with this. Let me just get myself together and get on this plane. So she, And she's standing in line, you know, getting on a plane. And she's like, he got some nerve. He ain't even ask me. He ain't say thank you. He didn't say nothing. All he did was look at me and smile. He got some nerve to be dipping in my bag of cookies. And then got the nerve to take the last one and break it in half and give me half of my own, my last cookie. So she's mumbling to herself and she gets to her seat and she sits down and, you know, she's like, all right, let me just try to get back to my book. And she goes to get her book and she digs in her bag and, you know, she finds her bag of cookies. <laughs> she found her bag of cookies. Wow. See, this is what happens when we are unfocused. See, 
this is what happens. Listen to this. This is what happens when we're unfocused and we lose sight of what generosity is. See, most times we feel like God is trying to take something from us when he's actually trying to give something to us. We feel like God is trying to take something from us when he's actually trying to give something to us. Generosity is a mindset. And it's not something that we do, but it's something that we have to be. Come on, Pastor Rick. It's not about us doing generous things, but it's about us being generous people. Come on, Pastor Rick. That whole time, she thought that he was taking something from her when she was taking something from him. And what he never uttered a word, he never complained, he never gave her a dirty look, but he smiled the whole time that he did it. Because he understood what it meant to be generous. Even when people don't say thank you. Even when people don't acknowledge what you're doing. He understood the principle of generosity. Just a quick story for y'all. Because, you know, sometimes we get it twisted. And we think that, you know, when the Lord requires us to give or be generous in any way. That he's just trying to take the little bit that we got. When I well, no, no, no. He's trying to get something to us. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, four keys for living generously. And I'm going to teach a little bit. So, all right, let's go to the first slide. All right, come on, sir. Thank you. All right. Four keys to living generously. All right. Next one. Thank you. Next slide. Okay. So we're going to start here um, with 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11. I want you to write that scripture down. 1 Timothy 6. And eleven, and it says, "But O man of God, but O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness." One of the things in life that we are to pursue is godliness, and 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 what godliness means is godliness is to be like God, which means to take on His characteristics. Yes. Godliness means taking on God's characteristics. Now, that makes sense because God is our father, right? So there should be some sort of family resemblance. You know, we, we, we can't physically look like God because we don't know what he looks like. But when we look at each other, we can see what God looks like, right? Um, but the characteristics, the character of God. So in the natural realm, you don't necessarily get to choose the characteristics that you want. For example, my father... Tall, good-looking man, wavy hair, pretty charming, high school athlete. And here I am, tall, charming, curly hair, incredibly good-looking, <laughs> but I missed out on his athletic gene. I missed out on his athletic gene. So I have some qualities, but I missed out on some of the others. But if I could choose... If I can choose the kinds of features, or what would you do if you can choose the kind of features that you wanted to inherit? I would say, okay, I'll take the hair, I'll take the smile, I don't want the nose, please not the nose. Um, give me the athletic ability. I really don't want the dark, dark, dark skin that he has. But hey, how about more curls, more waves than curls, right? There's so many things that I can choose. But spiritually, God gives us that exact opportunity he gives us the opportunity to choose the characteristics we can aim to be just like him god is so amazingly generous and we live in a world 
with thousands of different kinds of animals and fish and birds and insects and plants and flowers and colors and sounds and tastes and textures. Whenever God does something, he does it lavishly. Okay? Whenever he does something, he does it lavishly because he is generous even to the point of his pain. He is generous even to the point of his pain. He sacrificed to give us the greatest gift the world has ever seen. Enter John 3.16. How many of you know John 3.16? It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. God has a giving heart. And that's the kind of heart that we need to have. A giving heart. God is a giver. So let's talk about these four steps to becoming a generous person. We want to talk about being, becoming a generous person. All right? Y'all with me? Yes, sir. Okay, so let's start with love. First thing, love. Generosity is driven by love. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world. He so loved humanity. He didn't just... And, and I mean, I, I, I love it because in, in my creative imagination, it doesn't just say God so loved, God loved the world. It said God so loved the world. That's a lot. That's a lot. Have you ever been in love? Have you ever been so in love? It's the difference between just loving somebody and being so in love. It's a deeper love. So the question is, because we're talking about generosity being driven by love. Who and what do you love? Who do you love? What do you love? Versus who should we love? And what should we love? See, most times, what we love determines where we go. What we love determines what we do. What we love determines to whom, what, where, and how we give. I'm going to say that again. What Most times, what we love determines where it is that we go. We're not going to go someplace that we don't love to go. If you, don't, if you went to a restaurant and you don't like the food, then I'm not going back. But if I love the food, I'm going to go as often as you do these <laughs> in remembrance of me. <laughs> I'm going to go as often as I can if I love that food. If I love that, that, that team. How many Eagles fans we have in here? If we love that team, we're going to be wherever that team is. You have some people that wherever the Eagles fly, they fly right to where the Eagles are so they can be where the Eagles are playing. Right? So where, most times what we love determines where we go. Right? Wherever your boo is, you want to be where your boo is because you are so in love. It determines where we go, what we do, <laughs> to who, to what, and how we give. Now, Matthew 6 and 21 says something so powerful. Matthew 6 and 21 says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So where the things you value, whatever you value, where those values are, where those things are, that is where your heart is going to be. And it's impossible for your heart to be one place and your body another. So wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. And wherever your heart will be, that's where your body will end up. Amen. Amen. 
Have you ever been in one place and your mind and your heart is in another place, right? And you don't even realize what's happening in front of you because you're not even here, right? And what that leads is to you leaving where you are to go where your mind is, to go where your heart is. If you love, if you, if is your love driving you to live generously? Because remember what we love and who we love, we are generous towards, we give towards what we love and to who we love. Amen? Can I get an amen? Am I, am I right or am I wrong? Right? All right. So 1 Peter 4 and 8 says, Above all, love each other deeply. And I, I read that and I had to take a minute because he didn't just say love one another. He said love one another deeply. It reminds me of the soul love the world, soul love humanity, right? He said, love one another deeply because love covers a multitude of sin. See, sometimes our generosity is stifled by our own judgments. We are pros at seeing everyone else's sin, flaws, and faults. So I, w- I, would, I would give to that person, but... They ain't even living right. They ain't living right. Why well, am a gift to them? I'm, I, I don't want to get, I, I look at them and all I see is their sin. Why would I want to give to them or why would I want to help them? But the Bible says love, it covers a multitude of sin. So if I love you, then I have to be able to look beyond what I see to love the person. Amen. And then I can be generous to the person. And then even more enough, God himself looks past all of our faults and flaws and mistakes and idiosyncrasies. Yes, he does. Each and every moment of the day and still is generous towards us. Amen. So how, how, how is it that we can't be that same way? See, some of us want to be more generous, but we have to work on our love. We have to work. And so the the solution is God. We say, God, help us to work on our love. Because we want to be more generous. But we need to work on our love. Second key. First one is love. God so loved the world. Second key is what? Sacrifice. Uriah. Sacrifice. Generosity takes a level of sacrifice. The Bible says that he, God so loved the world, what? That he gave his only begotten son. Wow. Big sacrifice. Big sacrifice. So the question is, what are we giving? What are we giving? And is it your best? Now, I was, I, I was eating this this morning. I was going over it. And it, God really showed me something so crazy. He said, giving God our best is all about prioritizing him first. Amen. Amen. Think about it. When we say, I'm going to give God my best, I'm prioritizing him first. Using our time, talent, and resources for his purpose first. For his benefit first. Our agenda and desires versus his. Now, it's not about neglecting our responsibilities, but prioritizing them. 
Because sometimes we feel if I give to a certain extent, I'm neglecting my responsibility. And it's all about prioritizing your responsibility by giving God first, giving him your best. See, sometimes we confuse our best with our last. And God isn't trying to rob us of anything. If we give God our best, we wouldn't have to worry about giving him our last. Come on, if we give, because I, I know, you know, growing up not having money and being in church, sometimes we feel like, oh man, well, I got all I got is $20 and I gotta, I gotta give God my last $20. When God honors you more, not for giving your last, but for giving your best. There's a difference. What is your best? Our best is all about prioritizing him first. And if we put him first, we won't have to give him our last. If we put God first, we don't have to worry about giving him our last. See, giving, giving God our last is really most times about I didn't pay Peter, I didn't pay Paul, I didn't pay the electric bill, I didn't pay my rent, and then I'm going to give God whatever's left over. Right? And see, we have to just learn how to prioritize and give him our best by giving him first. I, you know, and it's funny, so years ago when I was a teenager... And I was, you know, I got my first job and I was learning about tithing and learning about offering and things like that. And I was like, all right, you know, so my little summer youth check was $250, you know, and I'm like, what? I got 250 you know, whatever. And I'm going to, you know, pay my tithe or whatever. And so I was like, I'm going to give the Lord $25. And so now here's the thing. I remember my old pastor was like, all right. So you, you give the Lord, you give your Lord, the, the Lord his tithe. I said, yes, I gave him his tithe. He's like, all right, so how much was your check? And I said, well, it was 290 but I got 250 so I gave him $25. He said, so, so you give the Lord after Uncle Sam took his money, then you gave the Lord your tithe. He said, no, 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 you don't tithe off the net. You tithe off the gross. And I was like, oh. Okay, so he would basically, I was giving God what was his after everyone else took their stuff. So saying all that to say, we have to prioritize him first. Prioritize him first. So sometimes we confuse our best with our last, but God isn't trying to rob us of anything. If we give God our best, we won't have to worry about giving him our last. Sacrifice is about understanding I don't have enough anyway. I don't have enough to really do and finance my dream anyway. I don't have what it takes to finance the vision that I have anyway. So I'm going to prioritize and, and acknowledge God and give to him first. Amen? Y'all with me? Amen. All right. It's tight. It's a little tight. Colossians 3 and 23 says, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and unto men. And we're talking about generosity takes sacrifice. And, you know, now when I talk about sacrifice, sacrifice is about your time, your talent and your resources. So even for some of us showing up to work on time, 
showing up to work on time. What we do, we're doing it as unto the Lord. We have to be to work on time. Because we're doing it unto the Lord. Amen? Amen? Point number three. Faith. Generosity needs faith. Living generously means believing in what you've got to give and who or what you're giving to. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him. See, you can't give without believing because you miss the benefit of giving. When you give and you don't believe, you miss the benefit of giving. What do you believe about what you're giving? That's a question I want to ask you and I want you to ask yourself. What do you believe about what you're giving? And again, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about your time, your talent, in every aspect of your life. Let me put things into perspective. I'm not talking about being generous to the church. I'm not talking about giving here. I'm talking about across the board being a generous person everywhere you go and everything that you do. It takes a level of faith. So what do you believe about what you're giving? What do you believe about your time? Do you believe that your time is valuable? Do you believe that your talent is valuable? Do you believe that your money has value? You've got to believe in what you've got to give. See, everything that you give is a seed. And again, a seed, what, what I love about seeds is that you see it as a little seed. In, a seed in seed form is only a seed. But inside a seed is potential for a forest. I always say that seed has enterprising potential. Because you see a little apple seed. But inside that apple seed is a forest. Inside that apple seed is an apple orchard. And all that apple orchard are apples. And, it's, and those apples can become applesauce. And those, and those apples can become apple juice. And they become apple cider vinegar. And they can become apple chips. And you can do a whole line of apple products from one seed. So we see a seed as one seed. But that seed has enterprising potential on the inside of it. You have to see your gift that way. Because you just see your gift as a gift. This is just what I do. We see our service as, oh, that this is just what I do. But you don't understand that your service is power-packed with potential to impact the lives of somebody else. Even with our money, we just see our money as this $20. Uh, this $20 I got. But you don't understand the power that is in those $20 bills. The power that is in that. Everything that we give is a seed. So now, do you believe in what you're giving to? That's the other question. What do you believe about what you're giving? And do you believe in what you're giving to? If you don't believe in what you're giving to, then you're wasting your time, your talent, and your resources. If you don't believe in it, if you don't believe in the cause, then you're wasting your time. If you don't believe in what you're giving into, if you're just working a job, and you're frustrated because you don't believe in, in, in the job that you're doing, then you might need to find another job. You have to believe in what you're doing. 
because your time is valuable. See, if you, you, uh, we got to understand that we have a limited amount of time here on earth. To every man is given a space of time. So what we do with that time, we have to be very wise with how we spend our time. How we sow our time. Where we sow our time. Do you believe in what you're sowing into? And I want you to ask yourself that question. Financially, do I believe in what I'm sowing into? Physically, when it comes to time, do I believe in what I'm giving my time to? Do I believe in what I'm giving my talent into? I don't work on projects that I don't believe in. Because what is it? It wastes my time. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm not trying to get everybody happy today. We're teaching. We're, we're, we're teaching. We're, we're, we got to teach principles. I'm happy about it. Okay, so now... Do you believe in what you're giving into? Do you believe in what you're sowing into? And again, a sower, if you, in agriculture, a, a, a sower or a planter will not plant seeds into the ground that they know it won't reap a harvest. A sower is not going to sow seed into the stone because the stony ground is not prepared to receive the seed. They know that they'll be wasting their time. They'll be wasting their resources. Where there's no belief, there's no expectation. Where there is no belief, there is no expectation. So if I don't believe in something, then I won't have an expectation from it. So the question is, what do we believe? And who do we believe in? Come on, because if we believe in the Lord, we're going to have an expectation for him to move on our behalf because we know who he is. Amen. We know his potential. Amen. We see his track record of what he's done. Mm. The Bible says we overcome by the word of our testimony. So we've heard what the Lord has done. Amen. Where there's no belief, there's no expectation. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse six says that he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. See, sparingly is not only little sparingly is a mindset. Sparingly is a mindset. If I sow sparingly, if I sow little, the Bible says that sparingly is a mindset it doesn't only mean giving a little it means giving with little expectation sparingly doesn't only mean giving little but it means i can give much but give with little expectation i can give much but i can give with little expectation and that's what sparingly and the bible says if you sow sparingly you're going to reap what you're going to reap what? Sparingly. The Bible also says, but 2 Corinthians says, He that soweth sparingly shall also reap what? And he who sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. So it's about a mindset. So as I sow and as I give my time and my talent and my resources, I have to give with expectation. I have to give with expectation. Say, I, I have to, to give, give with expectation. expectation. 
All right. Point number four. Be a blessing. Again, we're talking about being a generous person. Being a generous person. The first point is being a generous person. Generosity is driven by love. The second point is generosity takes sacrifice. The third is generosity takes faith. And the fourth is generosity will cause us to be a blessing. Generosity is a blessing. Living generously means being a blessing. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Your generosity is a blessing to others and to you. His generosity directly impacted those in that time period, but it also impacted generations to come. What you do now will have lasting effects later. What you plant now will reap you a harvest. What you give now will bring you a harvest. What you sow now will bring you a harvest. See, there is seed, there's time, and then there's harvest time. So we plant in one season, and then there's time, this process, and then the harvest comes. But sometimes we want to plant and see the harvest in the same season. And the way that times and seasons work, it doesn't always happen like that. You plant in one season and then time happens and then you reap the harvest. Galatians 5 and 6 says, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap. So whatever we sow is what we're going to reap. So if we sow apple seeds, we're not going to get pears. Sometimes we sow one way and expect to receive another. Sometimes we sow sparingly, but we expect to reap bountifully. But the scripture said there's a law. However we sow, or whatever we sow, that is what we're going to reap. So here's the key. Here's the major key. We have to sow intentionally. We have to give intentionally. We have to show up intentionally. Whether it's at work, whether it's at church, whether it's in doing our own everyday lives, whatever we do in our everyday lives, we have to do it and we have to live and be intentionally because we want to be generous people. The question is now, how can I start living a more generous life? Love. Doesn't always mean more love, just different love. Love differently. When we, you know, sometimes we say, Lord, I want to love more. When in actuality, we should be saying, Lord, I want to learn, I want to love different. I want to love better. Change the quality of my love, how I love. I need to work on my love. Consider God's love for you. So when we, when we talk about God and we, when we say to the Lord, we want to be generous people, let's remind ourselves and say, you know what? God, I need you to help me work on my love. So that's the first step, okay, to being a generous person. God, help me work on my love, the quality of my love. Help me to love different and help me to love 
better. Amen? Amen. Amen. Number two, give. How do I start living a generous life? Give. Giving isn't always about money. It's about time, it's about talent, and it's about resources. It's about prioritizing your time, prioritizing your talent, prioritizing your resources. I need to work on what I give. Believing first that I have something to give because some of us feel like we don't have anything to give. And that's an issue that I grew up having with church is that we always come to church to receive. Only to receive. I, I need something from the Lord, so I'm going to church. How often do you how often do you hear people say, I'm going to church because I have something that I want to give? It's always, oh, I need something from God, so I need to go to church. I need a word from the Lord, so I need to go to church. It's about believing first that I have something to give. That's why if you've ever been in one of our dream team huddles before service, we say Sunday, Sundays, God is going to move on a Sunday. He's going to speak on a Sunday. But our expectation isn't for us first. It's for other people. God, we're here so you can be a blessing to somebody else. We're here so somebody can walk through that door and see me smiling and and welcoming them warmly. Because you don't know what people are going through. You don't know what people have to fight to get through these doors. You don't know what, how people's weak. You don't know who lost something or someone this week. So we're here to be a blessing. We're here to give our time. We're here to give of our resource. So we first have to believe, right? Because, you know, what I was saying about my issue with the church growing up is that we've been conditioned to come just to receive. We come to the house to receive, to receive. And we're not taught that we have something to give. So, so because we're always coming to receive, we forget we have something to give. We forget that we have value, something of value that other people need. Not only the pastor, not only the preacher, each and every person has something of value that someone needs. Amen? So considering what God gave us, we have to consider what God gave us. So love, giving, faith, we got to believe. We got to believe in what God has given us. We got to believe in the places that we go. We we have to change the way that we approach life and do things that we believe in. And give and sow into things that we believe in. Shouldn't waste our time. And it's okay because if there's something that you don't believe in, then you shouldn't waste your time giving into something that you don't believe in. Because if you don't believe, then that means you can't receive. Right? So we got to believe. And then being a blessing. We want to be a blessing. Why don't you stand to your feet? We want to be a blessing. We want to be a blessing. You know, studying about about generous generosity has really been a blessing to me because it's put a lot of things in perspective. And I'm learning about just being a steward over what God gave me. I know a little more than a year ago, I had, I had made an announcement to the church and I said, this year I want to live more generously. I, I said to the Lord, God, I want you to help me to live more generously, live a more generous life. I want, I, and, and 
Sometimes if you only focus on what you don't have, then you forget to acknowledge what you do have. If I focus on, oh, I don't got enough money. Oh, I don't got enough faith. Oh, I don't have enough friends. Oh, I don't have enough space. Oh, I don't have a place to live. Oh, I don't have the right job. Oh, I don't. Then you totally ignore all that you do have. Oh, I don't have enough space, but I have a roof over my head. Oh, I don't have the right job, but I am getting a check every week. Hallelujah. Oh, I don't have this. I don't have that. So in me saying to the Lord, I want to be more generous, he first had to teach me that I have to change the way that I love. I have to learn to love better. I have to, you know, and, and you know, especially in the situation with my mom, you know, you when you're when you're living alongside someone and, and, and there's things that you may not like or agree with and but you love the person you know it, sometimes you want to get angry when you don't like something about someone and every time I go to fix my lips about something that I want to complain about God has to remind me but guess what I'm patient with you 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 all you you're looking at someone and you're seeing all of their issues and it's like, God, it's hard for me to love this person because they got this and it's that. And God is like, but I look at you and I still love you in spite of what's going on with you. So how is it that we can't love other people? So that's when he said, all right, you want to be generous? Let's start with your love. Let's start with the way that you love. And we need to love better. How many of you want to love better? How many of you can say, Lord, I want to teach me how to love better? Teach me how to love better. Teach me how to give with expectation. Teach me how to not waste my time. Teach me, Lord God, how to be a steward over you, what you've given me. Father, teach me how to give you my best. Teach me how to prioritize the resources that you've given me. And not always focus on giving you my last, but focus on giving you my best. The Bible says without faith is impossible to please God. And we feel that we our ways are the only thing that can please God. But God is like, you can do things to make me happy, but I'm more concerned with your faith. Because he said, you can't please, it's impossible to please me without faith. Which means if I want to please God, then I have to have faith. If I want to please God, then I have to believe Him for more. Hallelujah. Amen. I gotta believe Him for more than where I am. I have to yes, believe yes. Him for more than what I have. I have to yes, believe Lord. Him to do exceeding and abundantly above Lord. all that I could ever ask or think. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Right. I want to be a blessing to others. Lord. See, the little bit that we have, when we focus on how little we have, we forget how much we have. There's some people who don't even have what we have. The little that we have, there's some people that don't even have that. The little that we have. Being a blessing. Come on, being a blessing. Sometimes you may not have the money. Sometimes you might not have the money to do for someone that what you would like to do. But you might have some extra food. You might have an encouraging word. Come on, this is what being a blessing means. Everyone can be a blessing to somebody. And this is what it means to be a generous person. That I can love beyond faults. That I can sacrifice beyond what I have. That I can give 
with expectation. And expectation doesn't always mean I'm expecting something back. Expectation means that I'm expecting something more to come back to me directly Hallelujah. Oh, being a blessing father we just thank you today father we thank you today for your sobering word we thank you today Lord God because we know that generosity is on your mind we know that generosity is in your heart because father you've been so generous to us that you loved us so much beyond our faults and flaws that you gave your best. You gave your only and your best. He wasn't your last, son, but he was your best. And you sacrificed your best for us. That we might have the benefit of eternal life. So you gave one seed. You sacrificed one seed. That if we believe in that sacrifice, we will reap the benefit for eternity. Father, teach us, Lord God, how to be generous. Teach us how to let love drive our generosity. Teach us how to let our love drive our generosity. Teach us, Lord God, how to, how to give more. Teach us what sacrifice really is. Father, teach us how to be a blessing to others. Because we know, Lord God, that it is your heart. And we know that it is your character. Father, and we want to emulate and we want to represent and we want to be your hands in the earth. We want to be your feet in the earth. We want to be your eyes in the earth. We want to be your mouthpiece in the earth. We want to be, Lord God, your representatives here in the earth. We were made in your likeness and in your image, God. So we want to represent you today. We want to represent you for the rest of our lives, God. Teach us how to be generous. Even in this time of Thanksgiving, Father, we don't want to get caught up in the season or in the holiday, God. But we want to be cognizant that this is a time where the suicide rate skyrocket. This is a time where depression skyrockets. This is a time where people are blowing their brains out. This is a time where emotions are the highest. This season. Father, teach us how to be generous in this season. Teach us how to give and be generous and be sensitive in this season. Because we don't know who we're walking past. We don't know who's about to take their life. We don't know who's battling depression. We don't know. Teach us how to be sensitive and teach us how to be generous. In this season, teach us, God. Don't let us pass someone that's depressed and not give them a word. Not share a kind word, Father. Don't let us pass someone that could be suicidal. Father, don't let us pass someone straight, God, but let us be generous with our time. Sometimes all people need is a little bit of time for somebody to listen. Sometimes all someone needs is a little bit of time for somebody to listen to what's going on with them. Teach us to be generous with our time. Teach us to be generous with our talent, Lord God. Teach us how to be generous with our resources. Hallelujah, God. We want to we want to love better. We want to love different. 
Father, we thank you, Lord, because we know this is your heart and this is on your heart. So you chose this time and this season, Lord God, to impregnate us again with this word and to remind us about what it means to be generous. Father, keep us cognizant and keep us aware of what's happening around us with the people around us and the people that we encounter on the street and on the subway and, and on the highway and in our jobs and, and in, in our church, Lord God, and in, in, our, in, in our families, Lord. Teach us, Lord God, how to be sensitive and how to be generous. And we'll continue to give you the praise. We'll continue to give you the glory. And we'll continue to give you the honor. In the mighty, matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Why don't you prepare an offering for the Lord today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is so faithful, and I'm excited about what the